From high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Molly Marcello. This is your news for Tuesday, December 13th. Grand County now has a special committee on noise. This temporary group was approved by planning commissioners at last night's meeting. Members will be tasked with reviewing several noise-related land use code updates. It would be a great next step to assertively seek input and also have that open discussion with the public related to this noise ordinance. Planning Commission Chair Emily Campbell. The county's new general plan outlines several policy goals related to noise mitigation, and commissioners have been at work on them. But a few of their strategies have recently caught community members by surprise, like creating noise buffers between residential and commercial properties. Representatives from noise-making businesses like ATV outfitters and auto repair shops showed up to complain at a public hearing last month. Now, this temporary committee aims to bring them more closely into the discussion around noise mitigation. We want to make sure that people are heard and feel like they're part of the solution, especially where something could have a a potential impact on their business. We don't want to make decisions without working with people who represent our business community and our residential community, which work one and the like. The group will include several planning commissioners and representatives from the county and city. Three members will represent noise-making businesses, including the motorized recreation community. And finally, two residents will represent people who live in neighborhoods impacted by noise. This group will be tasked with updating a noise mitigation ordinance by early February. Here's Campbell again. I do think that there's an opportunity here to move forward together. Also, at last night's Planning Commission meeting, there was some discussion around better engaging community members in general. Last week, an amendment to restrict aircraft takeoffs and landings was indefinitely postponed after stakeholders said they felt overlooked. And just this week, planning commissioners decided to cancel a public hearing on a workforce housing ordinance, hoping to slow down the process and get more community engagement. Several strategies on this engagement were discussed last night, including putting more public information on the planning and zoning website, grandcountyconnects.com. New forecasts for the Colorado River paint a grim picture. Climate change and steady demand are shrinking the water supply for 40 million people. At the nation's largest dams, that means the ability to generate hydropower could soon be under threat. KUNC's Alex Hager has a profile on the Glen Canyon Dam, once a mighty piece of western infrastructure, now possibly unable to function. The year is 1963. It's the middle of the space race. America is expanding and building at a breakneck pace. In the Colorado River Basin, that means controlling the water. The story of winning the great American West has been essentially a story of its dams. This archival footage from the Bureau of Reclamation zooms in on northern Arizona, right near the Utah border. It's the Glen Canyon Dam, which, on completion, will be the second highest dam in the United States, fourth largest concrete structure in the world, and one of the greatest construction projects of the 20th century. For decades, the dam has held up to its lofty reputation. It produces hydropower for about 5 million people in seven states. It holds back Lake Powell, a huge reservoir, which helps keep taps flowing in major cities hundreds of miles away. But now, dropping water levels are threatening all of that. 
and Bob Martin sees it up close. This is all original. So this is like pulling your, your grandpa's 1964 Cadillac out of the garage, and it's in the same condition it was in 1964. Martin is standing in front of a giant electric turbine, which he manages for reclamation. It feels like the inside of a submarine, with hulking steel fittings and an imposing column of spinning metal. Drought and steady demand have shrunk Lake Powell to record lows, threatening the water supply that spins those turbines. Anybody in hydropower, you know, their whole career is based on reliability of these units. So to come into a power plant being quiet would be very, very disturbing. For me. But that silence could become a reality. If water levels get a little lower, air bubbles would get into the turbines and cause serious damage. Some projections show water getting so low, it wouldn't be able to pass through the dam normally, instead relegated to little-used backup tubes near the bottom. Kyle Rohrink is director of the Great Basin Water Network. The architects of the dam never expected us to be at this precipice. The latest forecasts show water dropping to those backup pipes as soon as this summer. If that happens, it would mean the end of hydropower. To avoid that, federal officials may ratchet back the amount of water flowing downstream, which would leave much less water flowing through the Grand Canyon and down to cities like Los Angeles and Phoenix. All of these critical milestones have quickly gone from hypothetical to possible and even likely. Rohrink says decisions made over the next couple of years will be pivotal. How do we uh, rewrite the wrongs of the past? And how do we ensure a stable future for our fellow Americans, uh, tribes, and folks in Mexico as well? The current river crisis, the one that's already forced cutbacks to some water allocations, Sarah Dant says it's a sign of something bigger. And I think it's also this very stark and obvious indication that we have so long not understood the power of aridity. Dant is a historian at Utah's Weber State University. She says nature is winning out in places where conditions are too dry to sustain life as we know it. Climate change is making dry places even drier. Even John Wesley Powell, the explorer for whom Lake Powell is named, warned that the West would never be as green as the East. But nobody wanted to pay attention to him because you know, let's gung-ho, boom, boom, here we here we go, let's settle. And we've been putting off this reckoning with aridity for a long time now. The consequences of that mindset are finally coming home to roost, and Glen Canyon Dam may be one of the first big casualties. At Glen Canyon, the drama of the Colorado River unfolds, an important and noble venture for all Americans. I'm Alex Hager. This story is part of ongoing coverage of the Colorado River, produced by our partners at KUNC and supported by the Walton Family Foundation. Two Southern Ute tribal council members were sworn into their positions last Tuesday after being elected in November. For Rocky Mountain Community Radio, Clark Adamitis attended the ceremony and brings us this report. The swearing-in ceremony is a way for Ute people to honor traditions of governance and recognize past and future tribal members. This year, the Southern Ute Council Chambers are decorated with Christmas lights and holiday greenery. And they're at capacity, with Southern Ute employees 
family members, and members of neighboring tribes. I grew up in hay, mud, around horses. Marvin Penicus is one of the two newly elected tribal council members. He formerly worked for Nike for 19 years as a liaison of Native American projects, and he worked for the Southern Ute Cultural Preservation Department. I never saw myself as a politician either. I am an introvert by nature. My arenas are where I find comfort is fancy dancing, bear dancing, business understanding, retail management, and corporate initiatives. This time, it is my family's legacy. It is my son's legacy. It is my daughter's legacy. Marjorie Barry was re-elected to the council. She had been serving since 2019. Council Chair Melvin Baker spoke about his work with Barry through the difficulties of the pandemic. It was a struggle because of COVID. How are we going to take care of our people? Um, decisions have already been made and we followed them out. We really, really counted on you when it came to the health because you worked at the health department for many years. The ceremony also honored a past council member, Ramona Eagle. As she addressed Eagle in her remarks, council member Lorelai Cloud acknowledged that tribal members can disagree, but still treat one another with respect. I'm happy to have served a, a few years that I did with you. A lot of times we didn't, did, didn't agree with each other, but we did agree on some things and we worked very well as a team regardless of if we lost battles or we won battles. And I think that shows that um, we're, we're here for our people. I, March Berry, solemnly swear by the ever-living God. Solemnly swear by the ever-living God. I will support the Constitution. I will support the Constitution. And the laws of the United States. The ceremony ended with Barry and Pinnacles being sworn in and accepting their seats among the other council members. Regulations, ordinances, ordinances, and tribal customs, and tribal customs of the Southern Union Tribe. Of the Southern Union Tribe. I'm Clark Adamitis. And that's the KZMU News for Tuesday, December 13th. Get your community-powered journalism Monday through Friday at noon and 7. You can also find KZMU News anytime online at kzmu.org or wherever you listen to podcasts.